Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky and Kamenetsky. The Lakers dropped the Christmas Day game against the Brooklyn Nets and man alive, the knives and pitchforks were out for Russell Westbrook. We'll dive into that as well as some trends in the Lakers offense that might make you happy or might make you upset. All of that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, wait, we're back. <laughs> uh, <one of> the- <laughs> Brian was briefly taken to Funky Town. Um, so yeah, we want to thank everybody for making Lockdown <laughs> Lakers your first listen and your first view. Of every we just day. have a weird way of doing it. <laughs> uh, look, man, that theme is funky. Really um, is. Uh, we try to get this thing up for you as early as we can every Monday through Friday. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, uh, you're driving the late shift. You know, sometimes people tell us, Andy, I'm driving a forklift on the late shift and I get to listen to you at three in the morning. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? Yeah. That really that makes us feel good. A that you're listening. B, if we can help you in any way get through that 3 a.m. shift, really. I mean, it's actually very flattering that you'd go to us. So thank you. Uh, so we appreciate that. Um, so a lot to do today. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Lakers offense and some trends that we've seen, uh, and where maybe things might be going for the Lakers while uh, at least while Anthony Davis is out. Um, but let's start on the other Christmas. than to bleep. <laughs> yeah, it's going to bleep lately. It ain't good. I mean, look, let's 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 be honest with what's happening here. It ain't good. None of it's good. The Lakers lost again over the weekend to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And I, while I was you know clicking around here, I actually took it off the box score. What was the final of that game, Andy? It was one twenty-two to one fifteen. I'm back. I got it. This was an incredibly frustrating and irritating game. I think, uh, you know, for for the, for the Lakers who fell behind big as the as has been their trend, came back like woohoo! Here we go. It's like the here's the big comeback, and they're gonna, fell behind big again, came back again, and then still managed to lose in incredibly frustrating fashion. Yeah, I mean, the swings for this team right now are just pretty crazy because between all of the injuries that they've been having, all the dudes in and out of the lineup, that lack of continuity, and what is clearly just becoming an incredibly frustrating season right now, not just from what's happening on the court, but from a mental perspective, it just you can tell these guys are like, when the hell is this going to end? Like, even if we are never going to be as good as we thought we were going to be, heading into the season, maybe if we just all collectively misjudge the hell out of this thing, when is the actual starting point for when we all compete together as a team and then just really establish who we are for better or for worse? And you can tell that this is just piling up collectively with frustration. It's really piling up that frustration on LeBron right now, who during this period without Anthony Davis has really cranked up his own production and it has thus not, uh, thus far not bore fruit uh, for the Lakers. No, uh, it has not. LeBron on Saturday went for 39-9-7 and seven with three steals and a block. He was 14-25 of 25 from the floor over his 40 minutes of play. The Lakers, and this was not an overtime game, Andy. LeBron was only off the floor for 
eight minutes, <laughs> eight minutes of this game. They were plus nine in LeBron's minutes. And so since they lost by seven, that means they were what? Minus 16 in the minutes that he didn't play. No, minus uh, 18. I went backwards. My math is bad. Like, and that's to some degree been the trend in these games without Anthony Davis. You know, they, the San Antonio game was a little less lopsided. They lost that one by 23. Uh, I'm 28, and they were minus 23 in the LeBron minutes. But Phoenix, they were even uh, in the Le- minutes LeBron played and lost by 18. Uh, they lost by five to Chicago. They were minus one in the minutes LeBron has played. So th- that they've always struggled without LeBron has been a trend and a problem since he arrived here. Um, but good God, it's really b- exacerbated by the the loss of Anthony Davis and the instability around the roster like they they are miles away from figuring out how to solve those non-lebron minutes and it was particularly acute on saturday i mean they were just terrible when lebron didn't play yeah i mean there are elements when you watch this team that are really frustrating just because there are things that they could do better that are in their control that they don't do at times it makes you really question just how smart they are as a team Like, for example, Patty Mills, who was the only net that really did a lot of damage other than James Harden, who was phenomenal in this game. Patty Mills had four. The big three of of Patty Mills, James Harden, and DeAndre Bembry, I guess. Apparently, why not? Um, Sure. Patty Mills had four first-half fouls. So when the second half began, I was watching specifically for, okay, this is the only guy other than Harden who's really doing a lot of damage. Let's see how much they attack Patty Mills. Let's see how much they make a guy who's not really much of a defender to begin with. Let's see if they really put him to some decisions or try to get him off the court and foul trouble, stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to say that maybe there weren't nuances I missed, but you know how many times I noticed them attacking Patty Mills in the second half, Brian? Zero. Zero. He finished with the same four fouls that he went to halftime with. I didn't. I did not see them run one pick and roll where they were specifically trying to switch his man onto LeBron. Any, you know, anything like that. I didn't see them isolate on him. I didn't see them do anything going at a guy like that. The closest I saw to this, it was kind of a reminder of the situation. Was LeBron got a runaway dunk in transition that Patty Mills got out of the way of, in part because it's LeBron. What the hell is Patty Mills going to do? But the other part of it is. Why is Patty Mills going to bother trying? The odds are low, and he has four fouls. So the only person who seemed aware of Patty Mills' foul count was Patty Mills. And that's just bad awareness by this team. Or Mello, as the Lakers are starting to make a, a late push in this game, Mello getting, they're down by four. Mello getting teed up with three minutes left, basically on behalf of Russ, because there was like a slight physical skirmish between Claxton and Russ. And that's just stupid. Like they, they missed the free throw, the nets, but that's just, it's ball like don't a lie, Andy. It, Well, no, in this <laughs> case, the ball did lie. <laughs> in this ball case, lied. the ball lied its ass off, but like, and this is the second time, like in a week that mellow has done something stupid like this. When the team really could not afford to either have him off the court when he got ejected or just something like this. You don't want to ruin any momentum that you have or give them an opportunity for a free point that matters. And again, Mello is a smart guy and he's been in the league a long time. Like he's got to know better than that. And it's just indicative of how this team for having so many experienced 
veterans, often whom I've considered smart players, they don't often play that smart, man. And that's frustrating to watch. Russell Westbrook is for as good, and we'll get to the debate over Russ here in a second. But oh, he like was a thing. Westbrook, even when he's playing really well, will do one or two things a game where you're like, oh, oh, no, 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 don't do that. I'm like, no, don't do that. You know, LeBron, for as much of a basketball savant as he is in the league, the, the game may never have seen one more, you know, just a, you know, a, a, a smarter, higher basketball IQ than LeBron. I mean, it, it's a conversation. He'll do a couple things a game where you're like, really? Like, that's what you're doing here? Like, and some of it comes from guys who are so good, they kind of think they can do anything. And sometimes the rules of fundamental basketball don't apply to them. And often they don't because they can do things that other people shouldn't. So I, I just, I think that is something that we focus on and, you know, the, the team and like when you, they talk about themselves and all that stuff, like, well, we're a veteran crew. And so therefore, no, no, sometimes, no, no. Um, and it, it is an assumption that people need to get away from. I, you know, I, I, there were some positives in this game. I did like the way that they, you know, they, they worked to come back. Uh, they did not quit on these games. They're still trying. I think they understand the position they're in. Malik Monk, who was just back from the, uh, protocols had a really nice game, eight of 13 from the floor, three of seven from three, uh, from three point range, 20 points gave the Lakers, um, a lift that they desperately needed uh, on a day where Westbrook was four of 20 from the floor. Um, you know, Mello was an inefficient uh, 17 points. So, that, I mean, the Lakers needed some scoring and will continue to because the offense sucks. Um, but I guess, I mean, fundamentally, Andy, the story of this game really was Westbrook. So let's talk about what Russ did, what Russ didn't do, and what people were saying about Russ when it was all over. We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or just forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions intentionally difficult to cancel, but Truebill makes it simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions with one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and they have helped them save collectively over a hundred million dollars. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling the day at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. So the Lakers, Andy, kick off the Crypto.com arena era with a, with a loss, same way they uh, ended the Staples Center era. Um, we definitely want to get to, you know, I know we want to try to talk about the Lakers offense, and if we don't get to it today, we'll we'll certainly do it over the course of the week. Definitely want to talk about Stanley Johnson because he was yes. a big part of this yes. game. So we'll, we'll get to that because um, I know fans are interested. We're certainly interested. And the potential utility of Stanley Johnson, uh, who made his Lakers debut, signed it with one of those emergency 10-day contracts hardship. because of the uh, hardship contracts because of the COVID protocols. Um, but, <laughs> you know what's funny, by the way? When those first came out, like when they first started phrasing them as 10-day hardship contracts, because Stanley right. Johnson got one from a different team, I, th uh, I think the Bulls, before he went to the Lakers. 
I was thinking financial hardship for the players involved. And then once they all started uh, getting signed to different teams, I realized, oh, it's no, 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 it's a team that's under it's a, a team. hardship. I think it's great that they're willing to support Stanley in his time of need. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw these. I was like, "My God, if things—I I know Stanley not, is, it, is it is it is a GoFundMe too undignified?" Yeah, I mean, I, I know he's considered like a very underperforming lottery pick for several years ago. But I'm like, but the check's still cleared, right? Like, I don't know. Take I mean, him how away. much money has Stanley Johnson made over the course of his career? Well, enough that it didn't feel immediately like he should have been a hardship guy. But it was just—it's just funny the way it was phrased. No, I, I understand. I hadn't thought about that, but I guess it's true. I mean, like there is that possibility. Um, of, of those things coming up. So, uh, but anyway, so Stanley Johnson though made his, he's made $20 million. <laughs> he should have a couple things in the bank. Exactly. Um, so, you know, why he was, why he matters in this game is, is fascinating on a lot of levels, but let's, let's talk about Russ because I, I think we had gotten away in large part because Russ had stopped doing a lot of the things that were really annoying Lakers fans and making them so frustrated that, you know, just the bad play at the beginning of the year had generally played much better, but Saturday he was terrible and um, particularly terrible. Andy, as the game went along, he had four field goals overall. Three of them were in the first half. Two of them uh, came in the first like 11 minutes of the game that he played. And so uh, 37 minutes, four of 20 missed a dunk at the end that would have tied it. I believe um, trying to dunk the ball around Nick, uh, Nick Claxton. I think a layup off the glass probably would have done the trick. Um, missed a bunch of layups overall. And the knives the next day, uh, particularly once I got kind of peeked back on Twitter, were out for Russ in a big way, one that I have not seen in a few weeks. Uh, people calling for him to be traded, people calling for him to be benched, people calling for him to... You know, not finish games, not start games, and all this like it's it, the the frustration was was out in full force again. <laughs> That's pretty good. I just like invented that. You, that. Literally, start... in the moment, just invented frustration. That's actually really good. You need to have people were frustrated on. I'm I, I'm putting it on a shirt. People were frustrated yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> you put a hashtag, that thing becomes sellable. Ru Russ actually has been on balance a positive for this team like yes. you know there is still the overarching i don't even know if at this point it's a question but just the overarching issue of, issue of the trade itself and the byproduct uh and lack of depth lack of uh certain skill sets particularly defensively that came from bringing him in and you know what the lakers are missing were they better off before all of those questions which are going to be examined uh, not just this season, but quite frankly, in the off season and perhaps right. and into to next come. season because we're doing this again next year. Quite likely, very likely. Um, but you know, Russ has actually been much better of late and has actually been much helpful of late. He has been obviously not the solution because the Lakers haven't been winning enough, but he hasn't been the problem. This game, he was definitely a problem. And uh, our friend Claire DeLune, uh, you can find her on Twitter at Claire MPLS. She's a big uh, basketball Twitter presence, also a very good uh, musician. Follow her at Tiny Deaths. Really good stuff. But she tweeted out because we did a Spotify green room with her, I want to say like a month ago or something like that. She said, I will never forget when my dear friends, who I love very much at Cam Brothers, told me I was insane for suggesting Russ could run the second unit should he start. I will never shut up about it. Merry Christmas. And <laughs> this got a lot of reaction on Twitter, like as you were saying, Brian, but specifically involving us. 
And the question that I posed back to Claire that I think still applies is, what does Russ playing off the bench actually help, though? There's nobody better than him that he's keeping out of the starting lineup, whether in talent or fit, particularly with Anthony Davis out. Beyond the star politics, that would be obviously be a thing if you made Russ uh, play off the bench. I don't think it makes much basketball sense. Like this no. isn't this isn't like in the 2003-2004 season, uh, the year of the super team that made it to the finals, lost to the Pistons, where Derek Fisher clearly was a better fit with the starting unit than Gary Payton. He knew the offense better. He was more comfortable with everything going on. Gary Payton was miserable that season by all accounts, including Gary Payton's. But there's there <laughs> was a, yeah, but there was a lot that would have just made that very, very dicey, even though they really should have done it. In this particular case, it's hard for me to look at who is somebody that would be a better fit in that group than with Russ that would actually help the group more, help LeBron more, particularly with Anthony Davis out. That that person doesn't exist. No. Russell West, look, I understand fit matters. Lineup combinations matter. Um, but you know what else matters? Talent. And Russell Westbrook is the second best player that the Lakers have available to them right now by a mile. It's not even close. Oh, yeah. I mean, the third best player that they have available to them. And you know what? Fill out the entire roster if you want. Let's pretend everyone is back. The third best player on this team is who? Maybe Malik Monk. Maybe Malik Monk. Mello. Okay. Maybe THT. Maybe Mello. Maybe, Maybe Mello. But there's but also. Like, a... I, and I, but that's my point. Is like the distance between Russell. West, I I get frustrated as much as anybody. The gap between Malik Monk as a player, but he's not close to as good of a player as Russell Westbrook. He's not. And. If you bring Westbrook off the bench, like okay, well he's not going to finish games either. You know, no, you get the. So you're gonna play. You're gonna play your second best player, twenty four minutes a night because you don't want him starting or you don't want him. And, and like you say, it doesn't. He's not like elevating those second groups and stuff. Like the the Lakers' fundamental problem is the parts don't fit particularly well together, and they don't have very good parts. You know, I mean that the, the roster that they've tried to cobble get together to this point. They've thrown a bunch of stuff at the wall, and it is not sticking. And that is because of injury. It is because of COVID. It is because of all kinds of things mixed in with guys just kind of aren't performing the way that the Lakers had hoped. Okay, and to the that to the point, that is not Russell Westbrook's fault. And adjusting what you do with him, playing him less, playing him in different spots, trying to stack. There's no way to play Russell Westbrook the 35 minutes a night that he needs to play. 30 to 35 minutes a night and not have him playing doing starter stuff and finishing games. It's not possible. Well, to the point that you were making about just the, the pieces that they have right now, either not being good enough to begin with, if you want to believe in the vision of Rob Polinka, or if you don't believe in the vision of Rob Polinka, or just not playing up to their potential. If you want to give the benefit of the doubt to the vision of this team without Anthony Davis, because remember the, the non LeBron minutes, were, were supposed to be enhanced by Russell Westbrook, but that was also supposed to be Russ with Anthony Davis. Right. It was not supposed to be Russ carrying things without LeBron or Anthony Davis for long stretches. If I asked you before this season, is Russell Westbrook good enough 
to significantly carry a team of THT and a bunch of veteran minimum players, you would say no, no. but the next, but the follow-up be, why would you ask him to? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So like fundamentally the, these LeBronless minutes with Russ out there are problematic, but like right now in terms of the setup, they kind of ought to be. It's and it look, I he did which not isn't to take anything away from you know the issues with Russ and the way he's played the last couple of games, and particularly against Christmas. He he was bad in certain ways that were totally avoidable. I like and how you phrase that, how he played against Christmas. Like, oh, so. it was Russ versus Christmas. You know, it's kind of a Freudian Russ, slip. Russ, right? No, but Russ, Russ defeated Christmas. He really happiness. did. He really uh, did. But like, look, and it, it, he was the Lakers can't. We've talked about this. The Lakers are not talented enough right now. To absorb bad games from their from their stars, they have not won a game since Davis went out. Despite LeBron playing his ass off, well, I was going to say so. Part- like, so if, if those guys don't do it, they're in real trouble. <laughs> and it wasn't just four of twenty; it was you mentioned Patty Mills before. Le, you know, Russ somehow losing track of Patty Mills on the weak side and giving up a crushing, crushing late corner three that you're like. Where do you think Patty Mills is going, <laughs> Russell Westbrook? Like, you're going to be the guy who helps in the lane? No, you're not. Go stand next to Patty Mills. Do not lose yeah. track of him. That was really irritating. Um, and so, like, I get it. He wasn't good and he needs to be better. But, like, no. Like, benching Russ does not solve your problem. No. Um, it was interesting, too, I thought, uh, LeBron's comments after the game about Russ. And as we've mentioned many times, including this show, LeBron is getting very outwardly frustrating, uh, frustrated about this situation. He looks like he wants to scream at the architect of this roster, except he knows he'd be yelling at himself. But he said uh, about mirror, Russ, bud. he said about Russ, he gave us extra possessions uh, in reference to the offensive rebounds and stuff like that. He gave us a lot of looks around the basket, which I know he can't stand uh, failing to convert as well. But as far as the effort piece, if a guy plays hard, if a guy leaves it all on the floor, I got no problem with that. It's a make or miss league. So I I thought that was that was good to hear specifically from LeBron. You know, I I don't have any doubt that he is frustrated with games like this from Russell Westbrook or bad decisions from Russ, but it's good to hear him take up for Russ that way. Yeah, I mean, he's got no choice, but yeah, I completely agree with you. It's a, th- This is an incredibly frustrating time to be a Laker fan. It's an incredibly frustrating time to be a Laker player. One of the things the Lakers may have done, though, is sign a new player. Uh, Stanley Johnson played his first game with the Lakers on Saturday, and both as a uh, tangible human being, Stanley Johnson, and as a concept, Stanley Johnson, uh, made a very interesting and uh, important impact. Talk about it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It's still the holiday season, even if the Lakers uh, lost to Christmas, ruined Christmas, all that. So you still get to eat. In this this case, you you know stress eat. Um, you eat even more. But you know what? You got to do it with some sense of responsibility. You just don't want it to taste responsible. So that's why Built Bars are perfect. The new holiday dessert, low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate. Great, great flavors like raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie cookies and cream. Great option for going ham during the holidays and fooling your taste buds. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. So Stanley Johnson is a guy who was a, a high lottery pick with the 
uh, the Pistons in 2015-2016 as a 19-year-old, uh, eighth, I believe he was picked. Um, mm-hmm. He has since played for the Pelicans and the Raptors. So the Lakers become his fourth team in a pretty short career. Uh, this is his seventh season. And um, he made his debut at the Lakers, signed for one of those hardship contracts. Don't worry about Stanley's finances, Andy. <laughs> he seems to be doing okay. I was very confused. I feel better now. <laughs> um, so um, it, <laughs> NBA athletes are just like us. They, no, I mean, they, it's easy to blow. The guys, you know, you get a bad financial advisor. It can happen. So um, he was he made a really tangible impact in the 27 minutes, I believe it was, that he played. Um, mostly defensively, only scored seven points, um, had a rebound, had an assist, had a steal, but you could really see the difference as the Lakers try to lean into these small lineups, which are really the only lineups they can play since their bigs are unplayable. Stanley Johnson's about 6'6", but he is a strong 6'6", about 240 pounds, and he is a strong, strong human being, very athletic, moves well, can switch on anybody, can guard fours, can guard threes, can do basically what the Lakers have needed on the wing all season long. But he does it at a much higher degree of speed and agility than anybody else they've got doing it, um, probably even including LeBron, but certainly you know next to LeBron. Um, and you could see, Andy, a tangible difference in just the, the athleticism of Stanley Johnson in that role versus anybody else that they've tried to stick out there to do that. Um, and it made a big difference. He covers a lot of ground, man. Like, he, he is somebody that the Lakers could use just in that ability to rotate to a lot of different guys in a lot of different spaces on the court. And it seems like he knows exactly, especially for a guy that has not worked with this team before and doesn't know exactly the defensive schemes that they're running. That And Johnson seemed to know exactly where he was supposed to be rotating. Like, there, there were never points I noticed where he ended up where somebody else was, you know, not by design. Um, the energy too, just the energy and the intensity that he played with, particularly right now for a team that we we mentioned in this game, they did not give up. And I don't think they have been giving up over the course no. of the season so far, but this stuff is wearing down on them pretty noticeably. This is a jolt of just energy. It's a jolt of just guy out there who... You know, he's not caught up in the backstory of everything that's happened with this team. He has not been beaten down by all the stuff that's going on this year. He's somebody that, quite frankly, I don't think even cares about that stuff. He's just trying to get his job back in the NBA. And they could actually well, especially use since he's, especially since he's out of money. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, especially since it is my understanding the checking Stanley account Johnson, gets checking account gets low. Yeah, You're a hardship he, all of a sudden. It's like, you know, is, you gotta you gotta get back in the league. It is my understanding that he is living uh, in his extremely expensive car. Uh, <laughs> sources far from the situation nice have told car. me this. But like, but like they yeah. they need a, they could actually use a guy with that type of edge. I think on a few different levels, like you you could feel something different with him out there. And obviously, it's one game, and we're, neither one of us is ready to to completely declare him transformative nope. Crown or him. something like that. <laughs> Crown him, but. It made a difference. It well, did look, make a difference. I, 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 and I'm not. I don't. I know this isn't exactly in totality what you mean, but certainly the energy is there. Hungry guy trying to get back in the league is is a real thing. 
but he's also, I mean, like this is Stanley Johnson's profile. I mean, if you go back mm-hmm. and you, you break down his, his numbers on basketball reference or whatever, he is a positive defender. He is a net positive defender, defensive win shares, uh, playing on some often bad teams. Um, has still managed to be a positive guy uh, defensively. Certainly was in Toronto and all that other kind of stuff. And from a skill set standpoint, the athleticism and the switchability and all that stuff is just, it, it sticks out not just because he's working his tail off, but it's also because it's something the Lakers just don't have. And you can see it. You saw it. I thought it was particularly noticeable against like the Spurs, for example. Like the Lakers just look slow. And when they're working hard, they're still slow. And, you know, where they get by sometimes on size, they get some, some by sometimes on length and strength, but very rarely do they get by on speed on the defensive side of the ball. And Johnson is somebody who can make up for a lot of these things with athleticism. The flip side of this is, and this is the other part of Stanley Johnson, is he is historically, and this is why he is not in the NBA and was available for the Lakers on this hardship contract, is he is a, is a negative offensively. Mm-hmm. And it's really not... It's not close. He's not Trevor Ariza, who is, yeah, you don't want to be leaning on him for a whole lot of stuff, but, you know, he's at least a credible three point shooter and, like, you know, a decent enough, you know, uh, you know, ball mover, smart player, cutter, and things like that. Stanley Johnson's a career 29% three point shooter. Um, he has never been an effective effective even effective enough scorer in the league field goal percentage career 37 and a half he shot over 40 percent once and it was the 18 games he played in new orleans when he shot 42 percent um he is a bad offensive player and what i think is fascinating about this concept not even the player but the concept of stanley johnson um filling this need is a it's something that everybody pointed to all like all offseason. You're like, is anybody here going to sign a wing? We uh, were screaming is, our heads not off. Not just us. I mean, it, like, it, was, it was everybody. And, sure. You know, are, are, we, are, are they going to find somebody who is a clearly defensive profile kind of guy? I think they were at hoping that they could position get, at that position specifically. And the answer apparently was no. Um, I mean, I guess maybe a reason, but like, again, why is the only one they're signing 37 years old? Um, if Johnson, and this probably ties neatly into what we can talk about, I think tomorrow, you know, on Tuesday's show, um, in, on a team, like they, they've put themselves in a position that to address some of the defensive questions that they have and some of the the needs that they have with this incredibly small lineup that they're probably going to have to play. That gets a little bigger with Anthony Davis back, but it's still a small lineup. Um, guys like Stanley Johnson may be necessary. This on a team that is terrible offensively and continues to be terrible offensively. So you're going to shore up one of your shortcomings. I just want are we. Are, you're lean, you end up having to lean into sort of a defensive identity after all of this to try to get the offense to to be really robust. You know, I, I they're not there yet. It's one game of Stanley I, Johnson. I but I'm just saying it is it, it got me thinking of like the the need for Stanley Johnson literally in this moment is indicative of what they didn't do over the course of the offseason and there's at least a path where it takes them in some very ironic direction. Yeah, that's, I, 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 that's, I'm just, it, it got me thinking. That's it. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, I agree. We're not quite there yet, but if nothing else, signing Stanley Johnson in and of itself does contain some degree of tangible irony. Before we go, a couple uh, housekeeping notes. First of all, Rajon Rondo is in the health and safety protocols. It does not dramatically affect what the Lakers were doing because he was only playing Other than it means Darren anyway. Collison will probably play a little bit in the next few games. Well, we did not talk about DC well, in this that's podcast. The other, I was sort of unimpressed. Well, that's the other bit of housekeeping I was going to get to Ooh. was that Darren Collison is on the roster on another hardship deal. He really has no excuse for running out of money. He made more money than Stanley Johnson. Um, Darren Collison. He got all that free food Jeannie Buss gave him the first time the Lakers tried to sign him. Again, I would have, if I were Jeannie, I would have invoiced him at the way he teased them in the 2019 2020 season, like worked his way in there just clearly to get great seats, food, parking, all that stuff. I would have absolutely invoiced his ass. Uh, he looked like a guy, Brian, that has not played in two years to me, and maybe this is just me. He also looked like a guy who hadn't worked out in two years. He looked. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice that. He looked physically looked okay. Looked to me, a little doughier than I remember. You are uh, a notorious Aaron body Collison. shamer. So it's not even that. He was really skinny <laughs> before. He was. A, he was a really slender dude. It's like when Magic came back after the the, the you know like the second yeah. time for the comeback. Who's yeah? Who's, yeah, they, they had Magic Wall. They had Magic uh, jumping center then because there was no other choice. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it jumping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um all, all right. right so we'll, he wasn't great but you know give we'll cut him a little bit of slack but he will get yeah. some minutes because rondo is out and you know they still got guys in the protocols um it'll be interesting to see if they can get some value out of uh collison isaiah thomas will not be back lakers uh not picking up that option not surprising uh given the the tailing off of, of it's offensive performance combined with you just can't defend at this level so um Anyway, good luck to the guy. I hope it really works out because I do respect him immensely, as we talked about last week on, uh, on, a, on a few shows. Um, all right, so we'll dive into the defense on Tuesday's show. Um, they play Monday night or is it Tuesday? No. They play play Tuesday. Tuesday. So uh, one more day to complain about Christmas. <laughs> and uh, we'll see everybody Tuesday. Thanks for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. La subscribe to Locked On Lakers on YouTube. See everybody Tuesday.